You are listening to selfdiscoverymedia.com, where illumination and inspiration is but a click away. With so many genre topics for you on everything that you need to know in life, we celebrate and share the people who have taken the journey before you and who are now here to serve you with their wisdom and their knowledge. The next show coming up is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Raising Your Gifted Children and the Forgotten Children series here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is back again. Had her on here for a few years ago, and what a spirit you're going to embrace today. Grandmother Karina Natalie Sarina. Oh my goodness, are your wings going to take flight today? And we're going to be talking about the archetypal wound of a child. We're going to be talking about um, some beautiful other things as well, but also the lost souls of the full moon and the odyssey into truth. All of this sounds absolutely wonderful, doesn't it? And it is going to be wonderful. As you know, I like to do my shows very organic and just really go right into it. Karina is a grandmother of the world of every child here. She likes to unite the, the youth to the elderly, bridging that gap and understanding we're all one soul, just some souls have a little more experience, and leading them down a path where they can be in touch with nature, be in touch with one, be in touch with the universe, and ignite the heart and soul and spirit into one. And this is very, very important because if we do not ignite that energy, we're never going to resonate positively or in a state of love. Love is really where we need to be at. Yes, it's corny. There's been millions of songs on it, and there's a reason behind it, because love has a beautiful frequency that uplifts, ignites, creates, and brings us all together. So let's embrace this beautiful, loving grandmother, Karina, and take this journey on how we heal the forgotten child within us and how we help those children out there in nature today, in the world today, that are being forgotten right now. Welcome back to the show, Grandmother Karina. Uh, thank you, Sarah. You are just a keeper. And um, right now you are hosting so many beings. I could feel this energy circling the planet and I could feel the masters coming in to support us. So Yes, they've, they've always got an open channel here and we're always welcoming their energy to support us on that because it's not just about us having to do it all ourselves. We've got to understand that we are supported, aren't we? So I would love to talk about support by opening the circle and thank you for that glorious introduction. It's always amazing and amusing to me to my inner child and my inner elder to be introduced because it's like you are reflecting and mirroring back for me. Well, how am I now in this great universe? And uh, I really bow down in humility with great humor for your introduction. My pleasure. So beautiful listeners, beautiful viewers, this is an eagle feather that was gifted to me three years ago by my son, Ryan. Just as I was going to go to Peru and Bolivia on a great teaching called A Return to the Roots of Feminine Wisdom. And this program today or this transmission today is really about appreciating and understanding that everything is synchronistic. Mm -hmm. Everything is serendipitous. Even the greatest tragic wounds of our inner infant and our inner child is actually coordinated 
in order to cooperate with our soul and our retrieval and our remembering. And so in this offering, I want to offer to you that my eagle feather has a little place in its feathers where there's a gap. And so in that gap comes the wind of change. Mm -hmm. In that gap enters the breath of choice. And so one of the reassurances that I offer to this global field today is that as though we travel through the wound, and many call it the dark night of the soul, there is a trips accord. There's a place where you can trip up on your story and realize that there's an accord that takes you to a higher place and to a deeper root. And so your eagle feather may have a little gap in it, but this is the eagle feather of your lifetimes. Mm. And so your future can be very different than the moment of the gap, of the wound. The, this past is very different than what you're experiencing now. Why am I sharing this with you? Because as Sarah said, be prepared to take flight. This is the time of the return of the bird tribes. And I want to offer to you, it's the time of prophecy. In the 1990s, I had a Reiki healing clinic in a whole way home that my husband and I began with the intention of not letting children fall through the cracks mm -hmm. of parents' arguments, of parents' own neediness, of parents' inner wounded child. And we came together for seven years with that intention. And I want to offer to you that that's the way we fly. Mm -hmm. That's the way we roll with it, as the young people say about <laughs> grandma. You know, that's the way grandma carries the bundle. It's we need to recognize that there are many beings who come together with an intention to say, when the inner wounded child of the mother and the father are in angst, mm -hmm. the children either drop into the wound of the father or drop into the wound of the mother. And I want to say to you, no matter how old you are, there's always someone like Paul and I who created a net who said, when you fall, we're here to catch you. When you fall, we're here to create an environment in which no matter what your mother and father did or did not do, those unmet needs can be met when you end your denial that you need help, that you need support, and that synchronistically in parallel realities, there are those already dreaming you to the altar of life. There are those who are already blowing through the gap of your wounded wing because you can't lift off strongly enough to live from your vision because you have forgotten that your soul can be retrieved. Mm -hmm. And you may surround yourself like in East Vancouver, British Columbia, with those who are on the sidewalks of deep grief and not recognizing that there are those surrounding East Vancouver who, like cedar and sage, are bringing medicine of the eagle and the unceded territory indigenous teachings back. And so you are here for a purpose, and that is to remember that we are here to support and empower you in your retrieval of the whole purpose of why you're here on planet Earth at this time. So self-discovery, isn't it? It's totally self-discovery, knowing that the self lives in biodiverse forms, just as this eagle feather is created by many tiny little pieces. Um, each of us have a quanta 
or particulars that when we start putting something together again in a new way, it moves us forward, it moves us up, it expands our horizons, and we start seeing the sunrise as a new day in our lives. So thank you for joining us. Sarah mentioned that we're working with an archetype. I want to offer this, that the archetype in indigenous consciousness is not a word. We, we don't use that word. It's, it's a Carl Jungian psychotherapeutic um, term for the greater picture. In the cosmovision of indigenous people, where I'm rooted in the Golden Reindeer Moon Lodge, I'm rooted in the reindeer clan of the Samme from Finland, Sweden, and Norway, and rooted in Siberia as a female shaman, bloodline, and rooted in Tuvan, throat singing, and rooted in Mongolia as the goddess of the moon, Seringal from Mongolia. And I want you to follow that path for a moment. If you have a paper and a pen, I advocate this. Draw a line across the widest part of the paper and say, this is your lineage. And you are rooted not just in this superfluous damaged soil or ground of your being. You are rooted in the sedimentary rock that layers itself on the planet. You are rooted in the igneous rock that is the lavic remembering that we were at one point on Pachamama, part of a volcanic explosion. And below that, we are rooted in the waters, the waters of unconditional love. As Sarah said, love is where it's at. She tends to use her eyes looking up. I tend to use my eyes looking down. So it's, <laughs> it's a perfect, perfect earth cosmos experience here. <laughs> so when we go down to the waters, we have a path in our shamanism. We call it the path of initiation. We call these the remembrances. We call these initiating a new view. We call these breathe deeply now and become embodied. And as we breathe and go down into the roots of our being, we recognize that whatever it is here on the surface that keeps us in strategies for survival and struggling and keeps us in scarcity, by the way, and keeps mm -hmm. us in the denial that that we do need help and that we are interdependent, in fact, cooperative in this universe. So all of those layers, as you go down with a shaman and with a grandmother, it takes your spirit into the deepest part of your root. Mm -hmm. And your root is rooted in an origin. It's rooted in an intelligence, a Pachamama, who's 7.4 billion years old. You are not just whatever age you find yourself listening and receiving and watching this program. You are so ancient. Yes. The ancient children that are coming back are called the Earth Tribe. They're called the Crystal Clear Children. They're called the Star Seeds coming through as flower children in the 60s and 70s. They are children who are choosing to reincarnate, yes, some of you, with very horrific mother wounds and a very traumatized father's seeds. Mm -hmm. And I just want to hold you in my heart. You are so courageous. I weep for you that you had the courage to come through that. Mm -hmm. 
you are so beloved of the grandmother's bundles. You are so prayed for that you realize you took on a huge karmic residue from your tribes, yeah. from your mother's lineages, and from Pachamama. And because you're listening or viewing or hearing or receiving this in whatever format, the reality is you're one of the ones. And I need you to really hear this. You do not have to live as a harbinger of the fate of a child who will forever be wounded and addicted and codependent and, and terrified to step out into the light of this day. That is over. As of this moment, as of hearing this transmission, that is over. And I want you to realize the struggle is not just yours. It's a systematic, dysfunctional family that finds itself in all kinds of organizations, including in professions like social services and social work, all kinds of people who continue to feed wounded children checks every week or every month instead of empowering and creating ecological and environmental sanctuaries where you can finally see all of who you are and embrace it all. Una embraza. Everything is to be embraced. Everything is to be embraced. There is nothing that's excluded from this bundle, council, circle, or lodge. Nothing. But you are not your wound. You are the deepest root possible. And the intelligence that moves through you from your root is the origins of all species on this planet. I love to give you a little bit of the intelligence of the new ones. My granddaughter is three and a half years old and she's the reason I do this work. I have two beautiful grandsons in Toronto as well. She's the reason why I'm here in Port Hardy in North Vancouver Island. She and I were sharing a bath together and I raised, you know, finished, so we raise ourselves and all our children in nakedness. So that's, we don't have any discovery to make of like oh well what are these and what's this and you know what is that and she bathes with my son who was raised in that naked way as well so there's no corruption or shame about that so she was sitting in between my spread out legs my feet were up on the edges of the bathtub and she put her ear on my womb now I'm a womb healer I have never told my granddaughter that I'm a womb healer Mm -hmm. she's an instinctual yes. earth rooted being she put her ear down and she said Omi I hear ah, the dinosaurs <laughs> I have, she's going way back <laughs> uh, she's going way back and realizes my womb contains the earth in the time of the dinosaurs and we're on a million year old island here yes. called Vancouver Island and so of course there's dinosaurs and then she listened and she put her little hand on my DN10, an inch and a half below my belly button, and shook it. And she shook it. And it was like the earthquake. And then she looked. This time she put her third eye on my womb space. And she said, oh, now there's light. There's like a whole series of circles, like the cosmos. <sighs> now think about this. We put beautiful, crystal clear, earth-based and deeply rooted children in daycare 
and or in their own bedrooms and buy them all kinds of hydrocarbon plasticized toys. She has a ton of toys and I'm advocating release my granddaughter from toys. This prevents her, this prevents her from exploring. This mm -hmm. prevents her from finding the tree that she calls, oh, it's time to go into our nature tree. And she'll, as we're walking up her street here, she'll jump on someone's lawn and put her third eye and hug a tree and then sit down in the middle of someone's garden. And I have stopped saying it's not our garden. <laughs> I have stopped. I, I've just said, well, you need to just have a time there. And that's just the way it is. So we walk always as grandmothers. We are your invisible wankanthankas. We are your invisible blessings. We are your prayers. So no matter how deeply and profoundly wounded you are, how many generations of the wound that you're carrying in your genetic the reality is you're always surrounded by love. Yes. You're always prayed for. You're always supported. The light shines equally from this central intelligence of the sun on everyone. The only way that you could avoid our love is by hiding yep. and by denying that you're loved and by saying that you're hopeless, worthless, unworthy, and that no one is ever going to get you or see you, or recognize you. That's called the paradigm, and I want everybody to do this, the up here and to here, so this triangle. This is the paradigm that is genetically rising from this planet, and it's leaving, thank you so much, mm -hmm. called victim, rescuer, persecutor. Mm -hmm. And notice the rescuer is on the left side, the feminine. Women mm -hmm. tend to let rescue, take care of, and not take care of themselves. Right. And the men tend to persecute. Now, I want you to see that as a judicial system of white patriarchal law. Now, this legal system makes billions of dollars based on you continuing your story. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. That is They're not the, the only fabric. ones. That's the fabric of a society that is basically addicted dysfunctional and codependent yeah and so offering you these transmissions comes from a wisdom culture not a society we are not a civilization we are a nation of elders without borders without boundaries and knowing that this cosmic vision this cosmogenesis is the urgent cry of us to you and you to us we are united, as Sarah said, in the soul body. Mm -hmm. In fact, we would say in Pachamama, we are united. So be with this. Think about this. When I was a child, my mother was the one who had been a forgotten child. My mother and my grandmother was forgotten. My grandfather was a forgotten child. Now, how did I get to be on Sarah Troy Self-Discovery Radio? Now, what happened? Did someone finally break the curse? Yeah. Did someone finally go, boom, that's right. done. It's done. There's no good or bad. There's no good or bad. There's no dysfunctional adult. That's gone. Where are we now? My mother chose to be a student my mother chose to be a teacher, a teacher in her own way, through the oral tradition of storytelling. 
Right. My mother chose to live in the beam of her mastery. And when she birthed me as her first child, I became imprinted with possibility. Good. Now, look in your timeline. If not in this timeline, if not here in this gap, there's going to be someone in your past who walked before you who was one of those ones. Mm -hmm. And I want you to feel, is it over your left shoulder, the grandmother's lineage? There's quite a few grandmothers coming in right now. Mm -hmm. Or over your right shoulder, your grandfather's lineage. Oh, there's a lot of grandfather energy coming into the body. That this is time for these teachings to come through. This is time for the abundance of offering. So, just feel that. In the subtle levels, as you expand, because the wounded child, as Sarah calls it, the archetype, but the wounded child is like this, contracted. And as you trust and have faith in love and light and feel the compassion of our prayers, you're going to open like a dandelion. Mm -hmm. And I like dandelions. I personally love, I love flowers. I'm looking at flowers I've picked from Sue Emerson's garden here. And this morning I picked straw flowers. Mm -hmm. And I love dandelions because they're blooming now. When they complete, they have little seeds, like keys of maple trees. Mm-hmm. And my granddaughter and my grandsons, when I would be walking them in Toronto, they would go, <laughs> and all of those thoughts go out yes. there. Mm-hmm. So your thought of a victim looking for a rescuer, a welfare check at the end of every month, because poor me, I can't do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Or feeling afraid and terrorized that there's going to be another persecutor right around the corner. And so you don't go outside, you develop agoraphobia. Mm-hmm. So all of those are like little dandelion seeds that you continue to put into the gardens or the earth or the soil of other beings and other beings pick them up yes. and they assume that you having labeled yourself and condoning violence to yourself they assume you need to be rescued. They assume that there's a bully around the corner, so we better have a police force and a military. We better spend another $4 billion on aircraft in Canada to mm-hmm. go bomb somewhere else yeah. where the children are totally forgotten. Right, 100%. In Syria, mm-hmm. Lebanon, in yeah. Iran and Iraq, the children are totally forgotten. The wounding of the adult's inner child is wounding the world. Yes, and How can you create a playground where children feel safe and swing freely like my grandchildren do when you have only bullet holes in the walls of the schools? How many traumatized people? We have far too many traumatized. So many. And the anxiety and the stress level is so high and people don't really know why. And they keep chasing and looking for something else instead of the inside job where we have to heal within, within, we have to, out of free will, be willing to open up those doors to receive. And what you're going to receive, you're not going to see. You're going to feel before you see it. You're going to connect with it before you see it transpiring to something. But you've got to be open and willing to embrace what you do not know because it cannot become the knowingness until you're ready to embrace the unknown. Everybody's looking for a manual. What's my next step? 
What, what, how do I do this? But how do I do that? It is just do. One foot in front of the other. Open your arms, open your heart, open your eyes, open your soul, your spirit, and let it all come in. Allow, give yourself permission, because all that you are sending out is going to bounce off people that are in contraction, and they have to be willing to open up and believe there is something more out there, and only when they're open can they receive. So however traumatized we are as a, as a global nation, we really have to start stepping up and say, I'm releasing that trauma because I believe there is something more. I believe that love will unite us and I have to find it within before I can share it without. But that openness is something we need to do. Beautiful, Sarah, thank you. Let's just take a deep breath in and, and use our breath to render ourselves compassionate and self-loving to hear what Sarah is offering us. And opening the heart as though the heart were a smudge bowl, a shell from the depths of your own inner ocean, a smudge bowl full of sage and the wisdom to open. The wisdom as the prayer of serenity offers, the wisdom to know the difference. With whom do I now sit? With whom do I now sit? And the courage to be the difference and the change. Mm -hmm. And now let's take that breath and that smudge bowl in between the breasts. And there's a point there called the agatos or the grief center. And I invite you to take your middle finger of your right hand your yin-yang hand, and press there. And as we do that, it may be, ouch. Press and surrender to a massage and release. This opens the back of your heart. You had ancestors who love, who saw the light, who had a clear, brilliant way of shining their stars on this planet. You had ancestors who were herbalists, who were crystallographers, who grew beautiful gardens, who knew the forest path and where the scat of the bear was guiding them to bear. You had indigenous elders and wisdom keepers and people who guided you to first fires. You had indigenous ancestors. You had shamans and healers, elders and teachers who held the council fires. And as you descend with your smudge bowl into your third chakra, affirm today, I will, I can, and I do. I will, I can, and I do. And notice that your will center is now opened. And now go down to your navel. We call this the spiral of the goddess. And I invite you to take your thumb of your left hand, press into your navel, hold four fingers over your womb groin, and say through your navel, I am willing to descend into this darkness. I am willing to descend into this darkness. 
I am willing to descend into this darkness and emerge in the light and emerge in the light and emerge in the light. We are clearing the womb wounds of five, six, seven generations of women in your mother line. We are emerging to the light of women. And now pay attention to your four fingers holding your womb groin. For even if you are a man in this lifetime, that groin was created in agreement with the pituitary and the pineal, with the hormonal surge and the agreement of the mother that you would take on a man form. So here in your womb groin, we honor, I love my sexuality. I love and honor my sensuality. I appreciate my five senses. And more than anything else, I appreciate the foundation from which I rise. For I rise from the pelvic basin of my mother. I love my mother. I love my grandmother. I love my grandmother's mother, my great-grandmother. And remind yourself we're working on a timeline. Send love all the way back until love meets love. Beautiful. And now let's take that smudge bowl and go down to the huyin or the perineum between the genitalia and your anus. Imagine yourself actually being smudged at your roots. We've already descended, but we're clearing that which rises up through our willingness to go down. And we're going to say that again. What goes down must come up. <laughs> and when it comes up, it's going to need to be cleansed. Mm -hmm. So Don Cirillo, the beautiful Guatemalan Highland elder who carries an amazing staff, and he's traveled the world with it. He said to us years ago at an international indigenous gathering for leaders, he said, es más grande purificado. So not only do we have to detoxify, we have to purify. Mm -hmm. We have to return to the pure love that we are. And that means we have to crucify the ego that is either persecutor, rescuer, or victim, or good or bad, child or adult, we have to stop crucifying ourselves and each other and allow ourselves the safe space and sanctuary in our roots to actually recover. So that's our descent today. And that's why we don't use the word archetype. It's more appropriate to say it's archaeology. Mm -hmm. It's yes. more appropriate to say we're digging down deep or diving down deep. Most oh. definitely. Um, I think for a lot of people, everybody looks to the surface or the exterior as being the problem. And they don't understand is that we can manage the exterior. We can change the exterior by changing the interior. 
by going down the many beautiful cellular levels of our beingness, of our DNA, and in understanding and connecting, and then inviting and igniting, we become that light for others. We become that light to shine on our own path. Uh, but we're so bogged down with the bombardment of the exterior that we, we have forgotten. The answers lie within. They're in the roots of our very being. They're, for me, cosmic being. They're in the universe. The energy is constantly pouring into you. The wisdom is constantly pouring into you, igniting with that knowledge, that beautiful divine knowledge. We have the answers within us if we are willing to open up and receive. And we can be the solution to the turmoil that is in the world if we're willing to step in and be the solutions to our own heart and souls. So I, I want to dance with, with you in the divine order, Sarah. So the word is willing. And you'll notice that I took the smudge bowl down a ladder. Mm -hmm. I've studied in my own medical anthropology why people choose not to heal, including in my own family. Mm -hmm. why, why would my mother, who became my level one and level two Reiki student and recognized me as her master teacher, in fact, one day she said, gee, you are you and had no idea about gurus. And, you know, many years later, I realized I was directly connected to a guru lineage and gee, you are you, I am the universe. So I wondered why my mother wouldn't accept mastery training. Why would she not take it the next step? Why would she not emerge from a life that was masterfully crafted and masterfully and fully lived and step into the next level? So I had to ask that question. And one of the things that I want our listeners and viewers to do is write down on the timeline why are you not willing to step into your mastery? Mm. Or even before then, why are you not willing to detoxify? Why are you not willing to purify? Why are you not willing to take retreat? Why are you not willing to call Grandma Karina after this call? Mm -hmm. And why are you not willing to email me and ask for a session? And I want you to hear this. And I want you to write it down on the right side of your page because the wound is in the feminine and the wound expresses itself in the external, in the masculine. This right side is your excuse. These are your excuses. And I want you to confess today at least nine excuses. What are the nine excuses that you have programmed yourself with mm -hmm. and invited to be reflected back by those you choose to be around? Well, their excuse written as well as you, and ultimately your bed written, and ultimately your you're stuck in wheelchairs, which is what happened to my mom. And so ultimately, and I want you to take yourself down this rabbit hole. Ultimately, you do not recognize that these are unmet needs and this has created great grief. Mm -hmm. You do not recognize that in the denial of grief, you are not expressing what has lived in your genetics for generations. This creates distress, a mental disturbance. You become distractible. You resonate not, you do not resonate, you dissonate. You dissonate 
your tonal quality is and children don't like to be around you. Your organic dimension starts manifesting dysfunction. You become disorderly in your external creation, disorderly in how you dress, how you wash, how you prepare your space, where you go to bed. Everything's disorderly. This manifests in a disease which we teach in our tradition that it is an ancestral calling. Mm. A disease is a calling of the ancestors and it results in death. An early death, by the way, because everyone in my beloved genetic family, mother line and father line, died early deaths. And here's the bottom line, unfulfilled soul's purpose. Mm-hmm. Not fulfilling the soul's purpose. Yes. Not staying in the contract, giving excuses, you know, and I used to work with um, beautiful people. I, I worked with someone who had cerebral palsy from a, it was a congenital lack of oxygen in the moment of delivery through the vagina and out into the world. And she would talk like this, and I would sit with her and I would go, wow, that's really interesting. How do you do that? You know? And she never once accused me of making fun of her. Right, exactly. She saw saw me saying, well, this is how you are, and this is how I could be, and let's see what we can do. And she chose my path and my children to take her down to Vermont to work with a gestalt body-mind worker who had success with lessening the impact of the cerebral palsy. Now, cerebral, in your brain, cerebral palsy in your body, nervous system, shaking. Every single disease that humanity in the last 200 years has beautifully labeled has distorted the possibility of true healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to say that the minute you get a label, the minute someone documents that on a doctor's, instead Mm -hmm. of an artist's palette of multiple colors, on a doctor's uh, board, The minute you go into those kinds of institutions, you make a conscious, unconscious agreement not to be super, not to be incredible, not to be divine. You make an unconscious agreement or a conscious excuse, well, in this lifetime, it's not going to be me who's going to lay down the walker or the wheelchair and walk straight. It's not going to be me. And what you do is doom your genetic future. Right. Yes. You doom your family. You doom your neighbors. You doom your indigenous tribes. You you doom your clan. And therefore, you do not accept, here's the big mantra word today, responsibility. Right. Yeah. That's the big word, ability to respond. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to take this story a little further so that you have hope seated in your heart, mind, body, and soul. She began to be courted by a man. This is, was in Ottawa. She, we were part of the Edgar Casey um, Enlightenment Association and part of the Unity Church. And she was courted by a man. And she would sit with me and go, I don't know what he sees in me. And, and I said, well, you know, maybe because you're so spunky, because mm-hmm. no, no matter what, you just keep on getting up and right. going on. And yes. 
you keep finding all these different therapies and modalities to shift your whole frequency. Right. And he admires that. Mm -hmm. And so in all honesty, he hadn't fully fallen in love, but they did fall in love Mm -hmm. because she was afraid. He was afraid. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment where they did love and in the courting, they got married and they conceived of a child. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the greatest fear for a mama who goes like, well, good morning. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> it was congenital. It was, yes. not, it was not a genomic residence. Right. Residence. So, and he was healthy. Right. So when that baby was born in Halifax, they flew me out from Ottawa. I got to be there as they were working with their midwife to have her vaginally labor and deliver this baby. Mm-hmm. Now, think about the gift of that. Yes. Think about the gift that she gave me, that he gave me and my family, and the possibility for me to say to my family, look, there's no excuse here. I have been with incredible human beings, and I know what incredible is. And so the midwife at some point, I think 10 to 14 hours into labor said, you know, the, the pelvis is not expanding. Talk about expansion above, expansion below. So she said to me, um, would you go for a walk with daddy and see if you can relax him? Because the midwife accurately said, I think it's daddy who's afraid. Daddy's the one contracted. Mommy's wanting this baby to come vaginally. And she's prepared. So I went for a walk. I asked him what his greatest fear was. And he said, I am afraid that our child is going to be distorted in some way. And I said, okay, we're going to sit down. I'm going to offer you Reiki to your back. I'm going to offer Reiki to your head, cerebral, and see if we can discreate the pattern. And in that moment, the midwife felt a surge Mm -hmm. of universal energy and the, the pelvic basin started opening and she went four to five sonometers but because she was tired the doctor came in to check and said I think we're going to have to do a c-section and now my friend was very disconsolate she had worked so hard so many lifetimes to get to this place yeah and um, they had to do it for the sake of the baby Right. And so that baby was seven pounds, 14 ounces. That's a big that was baby. a big baby. Yes. And my friend was five foot four and a half and daddy was six foot two. So that baby was full, beautiful, blossoming. It was mm-hmm. a gorgeous lift up into the universe. And so they ended up having two babies and both healthy, both whole. She loved being a mummy. And so think about this. What is the origin of the catastrophe of forgetting babies? If a woman does not consciously choose to conceive a child, if a woman does not consciously follow her moon cycles, if a woman does not consciously accept responsibility for her fertility, if she allows herself to carry the monomic or the wound forward from her wounded mother and her wounding father, 
she will be raped and abused and a child will be conceived out of rape and abuse. Mm. In other words, without respect and without right. love. We yeah. are currently experiencing ectopic pregnancies, a huge amount of C-sections. The rape God. has been ex totally way over the top. In China, yes. they're purposely doing this yes. because they control C-section babies. Right. They create them to be military or technological wizards and therefore they're not grounded and they don't have a heart to listen right and so yeah. mechanical this, very mechanical so this is the tragedy of our times mm. so the wounded child is a forgotten child is a forgotten mother a forgotten mother who forgets her own power to create a new species on planet earth who really forgets her responsibility and accountability for being source and intelligent of Pachamama to bring in a new experience for children on the planet. Now, many stages of forgetting once the conception has happened. My granddaughter, I actually experienced her conception. I stayed at their, their suite on the north end of this island last year. And one night I had this experience five or six dimensions beyond me of whoa somebody just had sex and <laughs> there was a cosmic like somebody just got conceived mm -hmm. you know and then my son came to me the next day to drop lully off and i had the grandmother granddaughter time and he said did you know that uh my wife and i were in this suite and in that bed we conceived this child ah uh, I've experienced her conception. So can you imagine being so super consciousness? Yes. So aware on so many levels that you can actually experience the conception of your children by feeling their spirits coming into the room when there is a yes on both mother and father's parts and there is an orderly progression from the root all the way up to the heavens to say yes and yes i am ready to conceive a child right and this will be a conscious conception and that spirit of the child whether female or male comes in and says yes now my second husband and i had two children that wanted to come in mm -hmm. the room smelled like roses when the first one came in and the spirit was huge. And with the second one, it smelled like spruce and pine trees. And both times we looked at each other and we knew my cycle and I knew I was fertile. And I knew despite the fact that I had a 17-year-old and a, a nine-year-old by my first husband, that this man potentially could carry a new species onto the planet. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at him with the first one and I said, are you ready? And he looked at me and he said, no, <laughs> too much responsibility. <laughs> so he did a very strong ritual and said, we love you, we see you, we hear you, and may you be begotten by the best person to fulfill your soul's purpose. Right. And that child was born into our Course in Miracles community and we got invited to her baptism and her name is Magdalene. <laughs> and the reality is she was naturally birthed and her father abandoned she and her mother 
within five months of her labor and delivery. Mm. So my second husband had to look at the mirror that he likely abandoned us. He would not have stood the course. He would not have accepted the prevailing wind of flying like an eagle and being a right. father. Yeah. So second baby came in smelling like spruce and pine. And this time I knew it was a boy. And he looked at me and he said, I really smell this one. I'm ready, are you? And I looked at him and I said, you know what? It was two years after the first one. I said, you know, I don't feel like I want to have another child. My daughter is 19. Yeah. My son is now 11. I feel like I'm preparing myself for something other than getting pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew I would have had a beautiful baby boy. Right. And he said, okay, we'll do the ritual. And he grieved because he never had children of his own. And to this day, he's never had children, but he's fostered the children of many people. Right. So the fathering energy was able to move forward. Yeah. And then within nine months, we got a call from a shaman from Northern Ontario who's living in Ottawa saying that his wife, a homeopathist, birthed a boy named Kenu, and would we do prayers for him? And I said, name this child Kenu? And he said, yes. <laughs> and, and the minute that he said that, I felt the canoe in my heart, and I felt that this was our son. Right. Yes. You don't always have to birth them. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so the daddy brought the machaki drum to us. We were working with the drum to rebirth women, uh, drumming on either side of a huge drum. And we got to bless this baby boy. And um, there, were, there were difficulties afterwards as well. The mother and father separated. And I looked at my husband and said, no, these babies are such star beings. They're such earth, soul, cosmic, spiritual beings that we honestly weren't ready to handle them. Right. And we set an intention not to let any of these children fall through the cracks. So we will foster their spirits. And that's mm-hmm. what we did. Right. And that's, and, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm an indigo, I'm indigo child, whatever. I just call myself a cosmic being. You know, I know that that's where I came from on earth to do a particular job thousands of years ago. And each lifetime has been that same job. And then I went through, a few many lifetimes of persecution and literally torn and corded and everything else for those teachings. Uh, and this is the lifetime where I get myself back and just get my back into purpose, back into beingness. Um, but it has a lot of what you talk about is as a child, I was never seen and never heard. Uh, I was considered um, basically never to rise to be anything. Uh, just very simple um, and very uneducated because of all the illness I didn't, I didn't finish school. But it's always been that connection to the universe that has driven me through. You know, when you talk about going into the darkness, I went into the darkness for quite a while. And the, the problem with the darkness is when you develop apathy, where you just simply don't care anymore. Um, even anger and hate can be turned into love, but apathy is harder to come back from. But there was always that light beckoning me and then coming out into the light it blinds you at first and you know really do wear the sunglasses while you adjust to the light and you feel that you're being chased by the shadows and but the shadows start dwindling away in that light and you become very at home in the light but you then become very at home in the dark 
I love going into the dark where it is my peace and my sanctuary and my regrouping so that I can come back out into the light again to do the work that I'm doing. I think one of the things that we need to step out of is out of mind. Because if we're out of mind, we're out of conditioning. We're out of uh, the expectation of what should be. And we're in the allowance of what just is. I'm a multidimensional traveler. I don't need to explain or validate or justify or even understand where I'm going. I'm going to receive, to bring back, to teach or to share. And that is what is. And I think if we could get to that spate of just understanding, we're here as these beautiful beings to play our instrument, to join the orchestra, to create the symphony that resonates out to the world. Then we will actually understand we are the harmony we seek. We are the peace we seek. I am every ancestral being I have ever been from the beginning of time for when I came here. And I remember when I came here. But I'm also this cosmic being which is home to me. That's why I look up <laughs> for me. That is where my paradise is. That's where I find my regrouping to come back in. But I think a lot of people are so scared to go, but, but that's so bizarre. I can't talk to people about that. I can't share that. You know, I, I can't possibly let anybody know that judgment, judgment, judgment. And I think, let that go. As you say, the triangle, the persecution, the victimization, let it all go. Because what you have shared here today, for many people is out of this world. It's over the top. But it is actually so natural and so simple and so bonding and binding and, and beautiful that if we step out of this fear of what will people think and step into just experiencing life, the taste, the touch, the feel, the experience of everything that happens to you, good or bad, it is what life is all about. It's what we're here to experience. And it's utterly beautiful. Even in the times that are, feel catastrophic, they're there for a reason. And to go through the process, to come out the other end and to be attached in, to the, the nothingness, the everythingness, and just the wonderment of what is now. Because it's all about the now, isn't it? We bring the past. We invite the future but we are all one at one at one time so it's that journey that we have to be willing to take and i think it's get out of head and allow your heart and soul and spirit to speak allow the words that may not comprehend in your natural dialogue but allow the words to sit with you to penetrate within you allow them to help you through your experience and you'll be able to experience these experiences that you are experiencing and really be in touch with life and living and understanding while you're here. Beautiful. So that's the outcome. So for those of us who are listening or viewing this transmission teaching, we need to recognize, as Sarah articulates for you, that you are a traveler. You are mm -hmm. traveling through all time, space, continuum, you are an ongoing unfoldment. This is a path on planet Earth of evolutionary consciousness. You are meant to be in cooperation with the natural environment in which you find yourself. You are meant to be in cooperation with the stars, with the seasons of the sun, yeah. with the 13 cycles of the moon. You're meant to be in cooperation with all the other planetary distribution centers. Many of you who come as forgotten children actually have had sightings. Mm -hmm. of extraterrestrials. Absolutely. You've had meetings with light 
beings in um, Siberia, Altai. We call them the Buri, and they are the light beings. Mm -hmm. I've seen them on Salt Spring Island. They came as four light green beings from the forests on the mountain where I was elder in residence. So the fear of is someone going to get you mm. becomes an excuse yes. not to group with those who resonate with you, who say to you, I recognize you. I saw that as well. I have been touched by that. Um, in the eight, late 80s, my first husband said that he was taken inside a spaceship and he was operated on. And many people are starting to record and those reports got stifled by political governments oh, and military governments. Yes. And so we are now saying, as elders and indigenous teachers, and Noel Lockwood from the Mi'kmaq was the first one to say this in the 80s in Ottawa, in the church, this is a common experience for certain people who are intended to be masters and teachers. Mm -hmm. we, are in t we are being adjusted so yes. that the womb wound and the forgetfulness doesn't inhabit our soul. Right. We don't have to hide in the darkness of the force of our own beliefs. We can reimagine and accept help. We're all extraterrestrial from the other side anyway. Yeah. Yes. So I want to just give us the other side. So I gave us the DDD. I call it the DDDs leading to untimely death. I want us to just download this. So as, as we make the agreement today, and Sarah and I have made this agreement many times in many lifetimes, this is a reunionation with Sarah and I. Please make an agreement to express the emotions of your inner forgotten child. Mm -hmm. Express the emotions. Don't judge them. Don't label them. Find a safe place. I keep using the word sanctuary. I love it when people go to the yoga studios to do this work or the dojos or into the forest. I send people into the forest so that they can actually express all of the emotions. What we need to remember is it's a transformative wave. That energy of hate will rise, be expressed fully, and then crest. And the trough is where you sit in emptiness, Sarah said, sit in the nothingness, and then there'll be another wave. And we breathe that up and let it go. And then breathe it up and let it go. Until you are empty enough of the darkest emotions which you yourself have labeled, when you're emptier, then you'll find something living beneath it. And we call it the treasure. We call it joy. We call it the keys to the kingdom or the queendom of planet Earth. We call it the beginning of medicine of your breath, which you took when you were first born. The second thing is, know that these emotions change when you identify what needs didn't get met when you were forgotten. So Sarah has listed her needs. I didn't get heard, I didn't get seen, I didn't get recognized. Now that is, if you tap your third eye, a perceptual hindrance to who and what you are now. She actually listed several other indicators that she took on called I wasn't educated because I had this disease. Now, 
on a very, very fierce level, those are all excuses. Yes. All, all excuses. And so again, if you list your excuses and end your denial that you're excusing yourself from the soul's full potential as a creator to create a new experience on planet Earth. If you look at, for instance, Nick Hansen taking his wheelchair and wheelchairing across Canada, and I was in Whistler about a month after he hooked himself, his, he hooked his wheelchair onto bungee cords and jumped off a bridge. I, and it was like, are you kidding me? I wouldn't do that. And I'm not in a wheelchair. <laughs> That's Who's brave. <laughs> so it's the courage to look death in the face and say, I, if today's the way I'm going to die, if this is it, I'm going to do it yelling and screaming and yahoo, sis, boom, bah. Yes. You know? I'm going to choose my way if this is the time. Yeah. Exactly. And we are looking at footprints not only behind us who've led the way, but in front of us who are guiding the light. And they are holding a torch for us. Archangel Mikhail says it's the torch of knowledge. They are showing us the way. So there are administrators to this teaching, and they are truth tellers. And you'll find them in Sojourner Truth during the Civil War in, in the United States of America. There are truth tellers known as Jesus Christ, who is a truth teller. He did not come to bring peace to the planet. He came to bring truth. That mm -hmm. his 12 disciples denied in all way, manner, and form. And the one who did not deny was the disciple of all disciples, who was Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. And so you need to remember that the fear, and Sarah named her fear, drawn and quartered, cut up in pieces, you know, and I was Our burned lives, at the yeah. stake, and, mm -hmm. and I was definitely hung, and I drowned in this lifetime, and I chose to come back after 10 minutes underwater. So needs can be met. And when those needs are met, the results change your path. Mm -hmm. So I drowned when I was 12, because I looked, I saw how my uncle-to-be looked at my beautiful auntie who was getting married to this man. And my auntie was 19 and I was 12. And I saw him looking at me with eyes that raped me. And mm -hmm. I had no breasts. I had no pubic hair. Well, I had a little bit of pubic hair. And I had shorts and a little top on. And I, my father never looked at me that way. My brother never looked at me. Mm -hmm. I had no relatives in my immediate family that ever looked at me like that. And I didn't know where to go. So where's my sanctuary? I went right. to my Finnish girlfriend down the river, Kaisu, and I said, my uncle looked at me, and I felt like I was raped, and I didn't even know if I knew the word rape. Right. I think that's the word I accumulated later on. Kaisu said, oh, all men do that. And I said, Kaisu, are you kidding me? I don't ever want to have that happen again. And she went to her mother and father, and we all spoke Finnish. And her mother and father said, you know, it, they didn't go there, there, but they almost went there, there. It'll be all right. You know, don't speak the truth. Don't break the silence. Don't mm -hmm. end the earth. And they said, we'll take you girls out for a boat ride. We went up the river. At the mouth of the river, I was sitting at the prow of the boat. And I looked at our family resort. And I thought, I don't ever want to experience that again. And, and I felt no support. I felt nothing around me. I was 12 in 2000. 
high level of sexual initiation, high level of awareness of this is what I'm going to be exposed to if I'm going to be a beautiful woman. Right. And I let myself fall off the cow of the boat, go under the boat into the silt of the river, and supposedly drowned. Actually, the frog then came, totally enlightened, and said, you have completed your task. Your assignment is complete. With your death, everyone will wake up. Mm. Your death will be a surrender to the awakening that your family needs to experience. Right. So you have a choice. Do you want to stay here with us and be part of the frog clan? There's a possibility. I like frogs. Frog pose is a wonderful yogic pose. Or do you want to go back up there and face the light? Now face the light. Put sunglasses on. Face the light. <laughs> yes. And, and I saw the boat. Everything was in still motion. So I felt like eons had been through. I, I you know, felt like I went through the frog metamorphosis. And I said, I will go back up there. And the frog clan said to me very poignantly, you need to know why you're choosing to return to the surface of your life. And I said, because I am going to grow up into the light. And the frog clan said, now you can return. Right. And I returned and I swam to shore. And I was what many people called for years a walk-in, that the light had walked into me, choice had walked into me, consciousness had walked into me, responsibility had walked into me. And all that I needed to remember from my forgetfulness walked into me. Mm-hmm. And it lasted for years. And then I forgot again. Right. Yes. So this one cycle, the cycle is so important. Your needs can be met. The results will be different. You will learn to have trust in yourself, your intuition, and certain other people who will resonate. Mm-hmm. You will have fierce faith in the light. The light will always gift you what you need. You will, in fact, look to the light for your direction. You will find councils, lodges, and circles in which you will be totally recognized, acknowledged, and you will be loved in ways that your parents may not have been able to love you the way my parents did in this lifetime. And you will enzymatically, genetically, alchemically rewrite your script. And in that moment, you will become more functional organically. Life will be flow. You will dance rhythms. You will have a focus and responsibility that you're not afraid of. You will birth your own inner child. We call that the second birth. You will be a resonating frequency with a sense of life is adventure. You will love cleanliness and orderliness, even in a tent. You will have an easefulness in your body. You will vibrate a new quality and an essence of life itself. Mm. And in that, you will live a long life. The Tibetans call it longevity. Right. And you will then start giving blessings. You mm-hmm. will walk as a blessing, walk as a prayer. You will bless the waters everywhere. Everywhere, and I do mean everywhere. It may take you two minutes to drive over a bridge and people may be honking behind you. But bless the waters and you will start blessing women's wounds when they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Women who are pregnant will come to you and say, please bless my baby. Or daddies carrying brand new babies will come up to you and say, please 
bless my baby. Mm-hmm. You will be a blessing. And that is Matthew Fox's original blessing. And that's one of the great teachings that we carry as elders and grandmothers is be a blessing unto your, unto your earth, unto your family. So that's quite a journey. That's how we go from forgetfulness to remembrance. And list your excuses, do your timeline, mm-hmm. call on and invoke the presence of those who attained the light before you, who are your ancestors. Mm-hmm. Call on the presence of those who are enlightened and have the courage to live their life despite physiological and anatomical encumbrances. And get out of the mental, emotional, physical, social wheelchairs that we put ourselves in yeah. and get back into the dojo of life and recognize it for the adventure that it is. The final thing that I want to offer to our listeners and viewers, Sarah, is this. In the, in the first wave of beings who are enlightened and fully awakened, fully embodied and fully awakened beings, these are first waivers. I had many, many teachers who were first waivers, as I'm sure you did. Many teachers. And they actually did, they did write manuals. And I remember picking up a manual called Brain User's Guide. And, and thought, oh, my God, you know, I really, I don't know how to use my brain. I do need a manual for that. <laughs> and, and so, and then later on, uh, I started reading Lives of the Great Masters, and I started reading the, the teachings of Edgar Casey. And I could never read Albert Einstein. That was far beyond my capacity. Mm-hmm. But I read uh, Rudolf Steiner's anthroposophical uh, documents, and I read the transmissions of Gautama Buddha, who never wrote a word. Jesus never wrote a word. It was always disciples who transcribed. Uh, I started reading some of the great testaments of the great teachings of yoga, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. Those words contain a vibration Mm -hmm. that resonates in the water of our bodies. That, in fact, changed the organic dispensation towards quality life instead of early death. Right. And so there, these are some of the ways that we can uplift our spirits as part of the spiritual uplifting of humanity. The other thing is, because I am more of a naturalist and a shaman by birth, and it's not something that I learned on weekends of training, although I've done many trainings, but it, I am a bloodline shaman, so it, it was a responsibility and a requirement that I put mm-hmm. this up. Or I would have died in the 80s or 90s. I really would have died. Um, and, and it would have been an early death. And then on the other side, it would have said, oh, my God, why didn't I just choose this? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, You've got to go back. Yeah. Uh, so I did choose this path. I did choose the shamanic path. And I want you to recognize that as forgotten children, there are many bloodline ceremonies and traumas being held by generational holders now in Iboga from Gabon, Africa, in Peote, from the grandfather medicine of Mexico and the Huidatica, from Ayahuasca, the mama medicine from Peru and Ecuador, the combo medicine that comes from the Amazon and the frogs of Ecuador, the great medicine of um, Sananga that I've also received from Ecuador. So these medicines are available. And people say to me, but how do I get in touch with these, Grandma? And I say, lay your tobacco down. 
Your prayer is your blessing, is your request. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Get a little bit of tobacco and people say, well, does it have to be organic? I said, look, at this point, I'm not fussy. Don't be fussy. <laughs> you need the ceremony. You need the medicine. Get tobacco. Pick up a cigarette butt from the street. Break it open. Give it to the sun. Give it to the moon. Give it to the stars. Call on the invocation of the past and the future. Call on your true self and then lay it down somewhere at the roots of a tree and say to the roots of your ancestors, I'm ready. I need this medicine. I need this medicine. Serendipity and synchronicity is the law. In the law of oneness, it must unfold. Uh, if it doesn't unfold, my darlings, we're fooling ourselves. We're still living in excuses right. and denial that we actually do want to open the healing pocket and we do want to let go of the worries. And we do want to get to the bottom of this. And for some people, we want to end the family curse. Yes. We want to end break the, the pattern. We want to break the pattern of wording, labeling, and family wording, labeling, and writing prescriptions by pharmaceuticals right. and prescriptions by doctors and, and being incarcerated in jails and in psychiatric wards, we need to recognize that we are the ones who've done the time yes. and it's done. Come out yeah. and give the teaching. Yeah. Give the teaching. You know, I've had a murderer in my lodge in Northern Ontario and I, I thought, I wondered what was up with this guy. You know, he came with two other guys and the third guy was bald with chains around his belts and tattoos up and down both arms. And, and I, you know, when everybody introduced themselves to my lodge, he said, I am the parole officer. And I said, oh my God, you're amazing. <laughs> How did you get to be a parole officer? And he said, because I served time. Right. You right. get to be the one on the other side when you serve your time. Well, that goes with everything, isn't it? Whether you're given a disease, given a crisis, given something, it's for you to actually understand that is the gift that you were given so that you can go and serve others. So you can go teach or heal or release others because you understand it. You resonate with it. You understand how to speak, how to help people through that journey. That's the reason why you went through the experience. Exactly. So this I asked this man, this parole officer, to come and sit next to me. I had a, a college professor on the right side and a parole officer with tattoos who had served time on my left side, the woman wound side, correct? So, right, you know, right. I mean, I, I could have gone into, well, you've been a forgotten child, and I didn't. I said, you are going to be my master. You know, I recognized him in his mastery. I said, now introduce me to your, to your fellow inmates. And he says, well, they're all on they're all on parole. They're in, they're in a probationary house. And, you know, one of them was a very young man. I can't remember what he'd done, but it really wasn't very much. And, you know, I'm sure that he served his probation for three or four months and he would have been rehabilitated. The next man was more quiet, uh, but it was the third one. And so I'll skip over the second one. But the third one, there was something about him. And I thought, wow, I don't know what it is. I, I, I recognize this, but I don't quite resonate with this and my parole officer put a hand on my left knee and said just take a deep breath grandmother and just let him speak mm -hmm. and so he took my talking stick and I had two newbies in my lodge people who had never been in a lodge before and I had <laughs> elder Leo Binda in my lodge who had been keeping a fire 
and Elder Michael in my lodge, he'd been keeping the same fire, and I had Leo Binda's whole family with me, his mother and father. I mean, I had a full-on experienced lodge, two newbies and this guy. And so I waited, and everybody stopped kind of breathing. It was like, mm. so what, what is he going to share? The major breath, yes. Yes, and then he, he looked down, he fiddled with my talking stick, he ran his hand up and down the cedar staff and he touched the crystal at the top and he played with the ribbons and then he looked at every single person and he said, I'm a murderer. And it came to me and I looked at him and I said, you're a boy. Mm. You're a forgotten child. You're a wounded baby. You're one of the ones. And the parole officer squeezed my leg hard. He was almost crying. And this young man said, and I need to confess. I need to tell, you know, in that language, I need to come clean. Right. I need to tell you exactly what I did. He was testing the whole field. Will you still love me anyway? Right. Will you see me? Will you yeah. get me? Will you, you execute me? Yes. Right. Yeah. Will, will you hang me or, or right. tell me to go back to prison and, and ask for my death? And so he had fallen in love with a married woman. And he had gone to the married woman's house under the influence of alcohol mixed with drugs, street drugs. He was out of his mind, out of his body. He was in the rage of his insane lineage, really an insane lineage was in the insanity, totally incapacitated in terms of making a decision. All he wanted was to possess this woman. Yeah. He wanted her for himself. Now, that's a hungry ghost. That's not a wounded child. Mm -hmm. It's not a forgotten child. That is a possession yeah. of a soul, a lost soul who was possessed because he had been a forgotten child and a wounded baby. Mm -hmm. That was the carrying forward of a genetic flaw. Now, he knocked on the door. The husband answered the door. And he saw the woman that he wanted right behind him because she could feel something at the door. He saw two children. She said to the children, go upstairs right away. And all he saw was her, the front closet door, opened it, pushed her into the front closet locked the door, turned to her husband, took a broken Coke bottle and killed him. Mm -hmm. It did not, he did not die immediately. He had to do his grief of lineage, his rage, his murderous fear that he would never be loved or accepted or seen by a woman mother. Right. And that's the ultimate outcome of a forgotten child, a wounded child who does not seek refuge, sanctuary, and these healing modalities. Mm -hmm. There is a murderous rage in the soul body, and there is a need for retrieval, and there is either that or an apathy that ends in suicide. Right. Yes. And you know, it is saintly for that young man and others like people like that to come to a lodge to confess. That is saint. That, that, is, that put him four steps towards Buddha realm. That mm -hmm. put him towards the Christing of his consciousness. He will never be, that was his transfiguration. Right. 
His drowning. His drowning and his resurrection. Yes. So those are some of the experiences and the tools that our beloved listeners and viewers can access. You know, listen to more of Sarah Troy's self-discovery radio. Media. No, Media. selfdiscoverymedia.com. Media.com. Thank you. And, and seek, um, seek refuge. Go to Dharma centers. Go to yoga studios. Go to dojos. Find people who you may feel very weird with at the beginning. Right. You know, for women, red tent circles yes. uh, where we're sharing our blood. Come to my moon lodges. We now have, I think we, we are over 700,000 women are sitting in moon circles on the planet. Beautiful. And, and we have 6.5 billion people on the planet. We, you know, we have a lot more to go, but there are moon circles for women. Um, one of the things also we have, I'm a master Reiki teacher. So, and I've been gifted with many lineage pieces from the Tibetans. So seek out the ancestors who are offering this specifically to women. Mm -hmm. So as a, a woman who gives the gift of empowerment, I can give a man the medicine Buddha. I can take you into my sweat lodge and take you four rounds in a ceremony that can help you to undo the curses and that can retrieve your elemental body and have you be in a foundation again. Uh, and where there's one grandmother, there's right now, I think we have oh, probably 150 of grandmothers around the world. We have a Facebook page. And so you can seek out other grandmothers. The Mohawk, are their longhouses are completely activated. Um, the Seneca tribe are definitely carrying, they're not carrying the wounded in they're carrying healing and medicine. Right. Um, the, there are Mi'kmaq elders carrying the dreams and the visions for the Mi'kmaq. The Cree elders are starting to re recuperate. I would say recuperate is an appropriate word. They're rehabilitating to the recovery of their culture. Here on Vancouver Island, on Cormant Island, uh, the Namgis tribe is really fully resurrected. They have a friendship lodge, a longhouse, their, their big house, rather, their, their dances are now being taught to two, to three, to four-year-olds. The great-grandmother is there dressed in white. She almost disappears in her remembering. Find the people who are remembering. And I want to speak about the Rainbow Tribe. So there are many young people who come to indigenous gatherings, and they're white. They're often druidic in their lineage and don't realize it, or they're Celtic in their lineage and they mm -hmm. don't realize it, or they're German or Austrian or somewhere in Europe. And they come to indigenous gatherings and they don't know the protocol. So I would say, young man, young woman, before you show up at anything indigenous, get your tobacco out. Ask to be shown with humor and humility what this school is really all about. Right. Find a way to enter a gathering. Don't let it stop you from coming. But give the tobacco and say, in all humility, with great respect and permission, I would like to join the ceremony. Please teach me. Make yourself teachable, and you will be adopted. I, I've had many of my young students adopted by other elders in the Powhatan, of many. And just a heads up, be aware, many indigenous cultures are still deeply in the forgottenness, deeply yes. in the wound, and deeply in the wounding. And so, just, you know, for forgotten children and wounded children, you need to really have your heads up and do your prayers. Be guided only to those who see your wholeness, 
see your dedication, see your devotion, and honor your respect and honor your humility. Right. Yeah. And go with the willingness to be open to receive, not with an anticipation, not with a dictation, but just with a complete openness and willingness to receive because you don't know what you're going to receive. And if you're open, you'll understand what you received at the end of it. But we can't go with, well, I want this and I want that. I want that outcome. We have to go open and be willing because what you will receive is what you need. And very often we don't know what we need. We think it's this on the uh -huh. surface and it's uh -huh. so far deep rooted. And uh -huh. then it becomes an aha moment. Oh my God, that makes sense. I never yeah. knew I was carrying that. Uh -huh. right? So if you and go with openness and willingness, what you need to know will be revealed. Exactly. And, and I'm smiling, Sarah, because I have this like, okay, so what you need may be to be kicked out of a camp. <laughs> it may be to be told you can't stay in grandmother's sweat lodge and it may be having a male elder tell you that you are not holding yourself with respect around a sacred fire. And I, and I want to tell you, you never get kicked out forever. You always have three shots at it or three, three arrows or three times that you're welcome. And I, I want you to be persistent and persistent right. and be humble enough to say, well, what needed to be corrected? What, what right. did I do? What yeah. needed to be corrected? And um, I remember as a teacher asking an English class one year, what are the three most powerful words that you can bring to my class? And so many kids said, I love you. And I said, no, that's not it. You know, and this beautiful young bravado boy who was a little bit of a bully said i don't know and i said that's it <laughs> you need to come with i don't know right and it, it, it you know i think every student that i've ever touched every client and every customer in our family businesses have all shared equally that i don't know what's going to happen right greatest open and willing to receive i don't have to know it. what is going to happen right and you know the knowingness is in the now isn't it you know you'll need to know what you need to know at the moment you need to know it and if you stop dictating how you should know it or when you should know it or where you should know it and just understand be open to it and you will be shown it you know that's that openness is already the permission right the allowance and the permission to be open to receive. I mean, we're so scared to open and receive because we're so scared we're going to get the same old crap. <laughs> but if you're willing to get rid of that and say, uh-uh, that is not where my heart and soul is. My heart and soul is willing to receive the, the detoxification of the past and the openness and willingness to my beingness and what I'm here to do. And we've got to understand that life is a beautiful journey. It's about experiences. It's even, uh, you know, frequency waves never go in a straight linear line. Our DNA doesn't. It's twirly. Everything has a movement, a fluidity, a, a constant movement to it. And we've got to understand we need to be constantly moving in that fluidity of life as well and tap into that beautiful energy that will raise us up and help us expand in our understanding and connect with our heart and souls and our universe and our planet and each other. But be willing 
to just go with that beautiful flow and don't put your blockages there because they're all in the head that is attached to the old memories, right? When we release those memories, we release our openness of our head and then the whole of us can immerse ourselves into the experience. Beautiful. So I would like to guide a visualization as closure. Yes, please. And please then after that, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. Perfect. Thank you. Taking a deep breath in and releasing the breath through an open mouth. Wherever you are, you can make sound. Sarah and I have microphones, so we're not going to do a loud exhale. (laughs) But really release. We're going to do two more breaths. Breathing in the space that Sarah and I have created for you around the planet. The space of a lodge, a council, and a circle. The space of a dojo a yoga center, a studio, the space of dharma, Ah, space in a forest, nature. One more time. Breathe yourself into a safe space. Ah. Squeeze your buttocks three times. One, two, three. On the fourth, hold it. Squeeze the coccyx up to the spine. Squeeze the groin room up to the spine. Squeeze the navel up to the spine. Squeeze the third chakra, the will do, I can center back to the spine. Bring all of those centers out, up into the grail of your heart. Exhale. Ah. And now notice how much more relaxed you are. You're safe and it's time to be remembered. We have you. We see you. Envision yourself in this safe place, sanctuary of your design. You are a co-creator. Feel the color. Sense the temperature. Smell the sound. Realize that sound has smell. That temperature has color. That texture has a flavor. Let yourself be in this safe space. We're going to call it the personal PowerPoint, a power place to which you can return after this call. Whether you're listening live or the recording, you can return to this whenever you get triggered, noticing you're not breathing, noticing the contraction starting to rise, noticing yourself falling in to something that's unhealthy or dysfunctional. Whenever those indicators rise, return to this recording, return to this power place, return to this point on the planet where you are safe, remembered, completely. Here in this power place, lie down. Notice that there's four directions around you. The east, the place of the rising sun. The south, the place of the serpent. The west, the place of the setting sun. The north, the place of the colibri, the hummingbird. And in the center lies your body. Be aware of it. Some of you may actually leave your bodies. You're so well practiced at the strategy of being. Look at your body. See your navel in the center of this wheel. See the top part of your body, the lower part of your body, 
like the arms of a clock. You're about to lengthen the quality of your life. Notice now where your body feels more comfortable, safe, east to west, north, east, southwest, southeast to northwest, Wherever you feel comfortable, lay your body down on this wheel. This is the point where you are doing the greatest work possible, transforming your fear into love, transmuting and alchemizing in the wheel, the ancestral wound of being forgotten. This is where you're remembering that the trauma has been mapped in the territory of your body long enough. The trauma is a configuration in your body. Lying down on this medicine wheel and this PowerPoint will alchemize more of the configuration. As you rest here, feel your feet, ankles, knees, thighs, hips, womb groin, navel, solar plexus, breasts, heart, shoulders, elbows, wrists, hands. Feel your scalpula. Feel your spine lying back down wherever you are in your safe place. Feel your spine, coccyx, sacrum, five lumbar, twelve thoracic, seven cervical, occiput at the back of your skull. Take retreat inside your skull to the pituitary. We're going to call it by its yogic name, Satya, Truth. Satya, Truth. Satya, Truth. Allow yourself to sit in the cave of your own skull, returning home to your choice, choosing Truth. Say to the amygdala, that's often distressed with forgotten or wounded children. Relax. <sighs> Allow your breath to let go. Amygdala, relax. <sighs> Amygdala, relax. <sighs> Once more, amygdala, relax. <sighs> Allow your hemispheres through your eustachian tubes to relax. Let your brain come into more harmony and balance. Left to right, right to left. Balance. Allow your pineal gland, your pine cone gland at the front of your third eye, above your eyebrow points, to say relax. Now, I worry no more. Relax. Now I worry no more. Relax. Now I worry no more. To your shoulders, I can relax here. I will and I do. I can relax here. I will relax and I do. I can relax here in this medicine wheel. I will and I do. 
your physical heart often contractions here with wounded children and forgotten children, no matter what age. I can relax now. My heart, pericardium, aorta, veins, arteries, and capillaries, my bloodline, relax. I can relax now. Superior and inferior vena cava, I relax. My heart is relaxed. And to the pelvis from which we've come, to the pelvis that contains our groins, our sexuality, our spirituality, the first part of our fetal self that contains the meaning of meiosis and mitosis, the womb of our womb, of our womb, of our womb, of our womb. I can relax. I will and I do. I can relax. I will and I do. I can relax. I will and I do. Enter love. This, my love, is love. This is the great peace. This is the great compassion. This is the great thanks. Gratitude. You'll never be the same. You will never emerge from this meditation, this guided visualization, the way that you entered into it. May you continue on this new moon, this full moon and new moon. You are indebted to the mother mind. If saying she's only asking that you do this. You owe a debt of gratitude to your mother's lineage. The only thing she asks of you is to do this. You owe gratitude to your mother's line who forgot the original source. Give thanks. Offer this meditation. I will, I can, I do. Every new moon and full moon. Thirteen months and you will be born anew. I offer you assurance. This is a holy journey. Return home to your home. Gratitude for all our relations. When you're ready to rise, be aware of your hands and feet and make them tinkle. Be aware of your ankles and wrists and make them move. Be aware of your elbows and knees and shake them around. Be aware of your shoulders and hips and move them. Be aware of your jaws and your hips. Move your jaws. Be aware of your teeth and clench them. Be aware of your eyes and squeeze them. Be aware of your fists and toes and make them tight. And on the count of three, release everything. One thousand, two thousand, three thousand. As you release, open your eyes, look around you, realize your direction, take time to contemplate, meditate. Yoga, we call it Svabhasana. Do not rise quickly. Integration poses turn to right or left side 
gaze up to the heart, wrap your arms around your knees, hold yourself like your own inner infant. Remember yourself, recognize yourself, acknowledge yourself. You are the courageous one. You are ending violence, breaking silence, returning home to one. Be fearless. This is a fierce practice. We love you. We hold you. We recognize you. We get you. We've prayed for you for millennia. Take this next step. This galactic activation. Welcome to the portal of the universe of Grandmother Turquoise Heart. All activations. All right. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Thank you very, very much. That is absolutely gorgeous and something we can, as you say, keep revisiting and sharing. And remember, it's not just the first time you hear something that you're going to remember everything. You go back and listen again, listen with people, and there'll be something else that will be triggered, something else that you'll connect to. When you are feeling confused or feeling down or feeling lost, just feeling tense, come back and revisit because there is something here that will relax you, that will connect you, and that will propel you forward because this is why we do this. We share the wisdom to give you the wings. Thank you so much, Karina. Will you now please tell people how they can be a part of your world, how they can reach you? Yes, thank you so much, Sarah. So I, I am, this timing is just absolutely immaculate. So you can reach me on Facebook, Karina Natalie, on Born of the Light, Sarinen, S-A-A-R-I-N-E-N, Befriend me, but please make a request. Befriend me, and then in our first message, because I don't accept all requests for friends, by the way. Right. Right. I, I look who's asking to be on my page because I'm responsible right now for 4,700 people with my prayers. Right. And so, so just be aware of that. And then if I do say yes, then message me on Facebook right away and say, I heard this on self-discovery media mm -hmm. and ask specifically for what you need. I am not about friend chitter chatter. That's not my life. Right. You need to ask me for what it is that you need, what was activated to you, what called you forward and have you laid your tobacco down for grandmother mm -hmm. and you need to give me tobacco in your time space wherever you are when you message me. So let's make that an agreement, correct? Right. All right. Second thing is, I initiated um, a network called Co-Cree Avatars. Co-Cree, C-O-C-R-E, Avatars. This is a bundle of avataric teaching. It means this is a destiny called mastery. If you're still struggling with victim, persecutor, rescuer, do not message me. Do not email me. I love you. Find a 12-step program. Find someone who's working with cedar and sage. Start doing your detoxification. That's not my work. It's not that you're not welcome in my lodge, council, and circle. You are welcome in others' lodges, councils, and circles. That's not my work. Right. I want you to hear how discerning I am. 
I am a grandmother who knows who belongs in my lodge, and I know what I can work with. And it is a saving grace for you to discern with me where you belong. And the work will be done with your permission and respect. So Co-Cree Avatars, we have a Facebook page. We are about to publish our 52nd monthly newsletter. And uh, we intend to have high vibrations. Our articles and contributors and images are very much in resonance with the coherent field around this planet. We are about to launch our first new moon, uh, featuring one elder per month on the new moon. And this time we will honor my Siberian Seattle elder, Carol Kiltner, and uh, her teaching. She has three books published already, and they are available at Amazon. And this fourth one, she's in the process of living, and it's called Brain Cancer, a Shamanic Initiation. Mm. And our prayers are that she will finish the book. Right. Um, and so she's, she's definitely doing the work. Right. That's, that's how we work it. That's yes. how we roll with it. Right. And uh, you can also get in touch with me on LinkedIn. I, I used to have a young person who worked on social media for me. If any of you want to work on social media, contact Sarah Troy. If you want to intern, she needs help with their administration. <laughs> I, I totally am open. I have do exchanges. If money is an issue, and it won't be when you're working with me, money is not an issue. It's monetizing the value of your skills. And you can forward uh, on LinkedIn a message saying you'd like to work with me in social media in exchange for some of your skills. And what I would ask of you is email me at K-A-A-R-I-I-N-A truth, G-R-U-T-A at hotmail.com say you'd like to be a helper or an assistant, let's be a, an assistant with social media in exchange for sessions. And what I'd ask of you minimally is one page bio. And I want your skill set and I want at least one reference or testimonial and I will check up on it. And so I want you to hear how picky I am. Mm -hmm. And this is mastery. This is, I am not interested in superfluous conversations or um, me having to go through all kinds of things. Right. I'm a grandmother. I want you to go through all those things. Right. I want you to send me specifically what we can do together, knowing what this assignment is. Be directional. Very directional. Right. And the last thing is that we have three different pieces uh, that we are about to offer. The first is co-create avatars, is co-creating a facilitator's training based on the sacred wheels. I carry 24, and right now I've activated four in different places in the one Americua, in North America, Central America, and South America. And so we are offering a facilitator training for 12 to 15 people. You must already be a life purpose coach. You must have indigenous um, shamanic initiation. You must have done several ceremonies before you can come. You must know how to tend fire. You must have an experience in cooperative living and functional family in order to work together in a live-in experience. July 23rd to July 28th on Salt Lake Island. We will be tenting and doing everything cooperatively. And Dr. Miku Lenintao will be offering her uh, social permaculture um, modalities for building intimacy, 
Nikki Kurt is going to be offering whiteboard deep listening, attracting your story. Uh, Bridget DeVoe will be offering videography for the soul, so she'll track you taking photographs at the beginning, middle, and end, and then put a videographic testimonial for us. Um, and we will create a core group, which next year in July will host 150 people internationally on a visionary leadership symposium. And so this is preparation for taking on a big project. And I know some of the people that I've invited are taking on big projects. Daniel Dubelet is an Earth Guardian. He went to Poland recently on the, on the climate crisis and as a young person and for We Are the Change. And so just to give you a flavor and taste that that's who I'm inviting by invitation uh, only, and you have to be screened in order to come to our gathering because I want our core council to be so strong for that gathering of 150 years. Right. So this is not for beginners. This is most certainly for people that have already paved the way and reached certain levels. Yes, and it's for young and older. Right. So I, I have invited some elders who are not yet elders, but they're elders in training. Mm -hmm. And so they have to be willing to work as bridge walkers with young people. Okay. Right. So that's that one. And then I'm offering, yay, thanks to my beautiful Sue Emerson here in Port Hardy, North Vancouver Island. I'm offering level one, two, three, Reiki Mastery. And it's part of her Karuna Mastery training. She's, she's willing to talk with me about hosting here. So I'm inviting four, possibly five students for a five-day intensive this June for level one, and level three in five days and each of those requires 21 days level one requires 21 days afterward level two 21 days and level three requires 33 observation experience and on training and again this is self-mastery uh, if you have level one and two talk to me because my level one and two is grounded in not only karuna and tibetan lineage, but grounded in shamanism and so um, for me, you can't skip over my level one and two. You right. do need to come and have experience on the land, in the wilderness, whale watching, uh, paying attention to the sea lions out in the harbor here. So, yeah, beautiful. So Lovely that is the to do it all in. Exactly. And my last one is GoFundMe. Asher Flo, one of my spiritual grandsons, is creating a GoFundMe by RAV4 2009. And I have a Toyota RAV4, and it's called Travels with the Grandmother. And we don't have that tattooed on the side of the car yet. But I think at some point we may, mm -hmm. you know, we may have Travels with Grandmother. Absolutely, definitely. And so we're doing a three to four month GoFundMe protocol to pay for my car loan. And so that I can be relieved of that payment, and you can know that your work is being returned to you and it will make me it makes me more available actually right as the different locations and um and to actually go in the bush and use my suv as my little minivan mm -hmm. so it keeps me connected to the wild and my wild heart thrives on the wild so those are the three major pieces that we're offering right now i i am about to open my fourth which is the co-creative a nine-month coaching bundle. Again, I'm only opening it for 15 people. 
It's a high-end client coaching bundle in ceremony with shamanic initiation. And yes, there is homework. And uh, right now we're valuing it at 5,777 US dollars with co-creative payment plans. And it requires at least two of the four weekends on site with me in different wilderness locations. Right. So, so this is a unique opportunity for those who want to live the wheels, want to live in ceremony, want to be forest activists, uh, want to rejuvenate themselves and give healing uh, to the planet itself. So, Sarah, that's what I'm up to. <laughs> Absolutely. You've got so much going on. And, and, and it's not for the beginners. It's for the people that have been willing to take the journey because you need more masters out there, right? You, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are opening up to this path, a lot of people recognizing you know, its beauty and its, its necessity. But if you don't have the masters in place to guide them, you're going to have too many learners and not enough teachers. So the mastery program is, is essential. So thank you for doing it. And, you know, then you also know that the people that come from it are going to be people that are really true to the cause and really qualified to be able to teach and share that wisdom, which is, again, very essential. We have everybody believing that they could be a shaman today, and I've done Reiki, so I'm this and I'm that. There are levels and processes in life that you have to be willing to go through to reach different, um, different dimensions here in order to be able to open up and share, because it is a responsibility when you're dealing with somebody else's soul. So you need to take it seriously. So... Once again, be delighted to have you back here. Uh, it was a few years ago I had you on. Your link will be right here on the posting. So selfdiscoverymedia.com under uh, Raising Our Gifted Children. You'll see her um, on the show. They just put in her name, Karina, K-A-A-R-I-I-N-A. -A -I -I um, just under Karina, you'll actually be able to find all her information. And uh, I invite you to just be willing to dive in, willing to explore, willing just to reach out to her with a question. Yeah, um, but, you know, be directional, be willing, be open to receive. And, you know, no, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. Then don't ask the question if you're not willing to follow through on it because you only work with the people that are really to follow through. But there's so much that you've shared here today, which is beautiful. Uh and so much for people to just to absorb. It is a show you need to listen to again and again because it is so much here, and each time you listen to it, it will open up something else for you. So thank you so much, Karina. Thank you for all our relations. Go with humor, go with humility. We'll see you on the other side. Yes, and don't forget, love, however corny it is, is the vibration that we want to resonate on. So don't forget to love yourself so you can share that love with the rest of the world. Until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show and were inspired to come and visit us at selfdiscoverymedia.com and see what other shows we have for you. And please do visit our selfdiscoverycommunity.org and see how you can be a part of giving back. Thank you very much. <laughs>